0: Welcome to The Porture on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics. We examine the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church. We see how they serve the Lord, and we follow their example. We delve deeper into Scripture, and we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. Porture has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer, not just everyday casual Sit in your pew, do nothing, believer, but the priesthood, those that are out there doing the job, being the example of Yeshua to the world. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. If you need to contact us, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you could write us at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. If you have any praise reports, prayer requests, if you have a need, write us, let us know. If we can help you, we will. If you'd like to support us, support what we do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There are ways to do that on the home page. We appreciate each and every one of you that support us and encourage us. So welcome to our listeners from all the various streaming sources, Spreaker, Blog Talk, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to let us know where you're listening to us from, write us. We'd like to know where who is giving us the best, um, I don't want to say bang for the buck, but who are we reaching the most with? And we'd like to concentrate our efforts there been telling you about Firefall Network on YouTube. Well, I'm going to reconsider it on YouTube. Um, There's only a couple of videos up. I am not real pleased with uh, YouTube and their owners and the censorship and the things that they're doing. So I'm going to probably find another place to host the Firefall Network. I will let you know. Apologies for the audio last week and editing the videos I get to see and hear. How things looked and sounded, and uh, between being exhausted from everything that went on that day and lack of sleep, and some technical issues, the um, audio wasn't as good as it should have been, so please accept my apologies. Psalm 117, verse 2 says, For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. So praise the Lord. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to praise him. I praise him for my home, my family, my wife, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, all of our furry kids. I praise him for this home, all of the technology, everything that he's giving me, given to me, that allows me to do what I do for him. I do what I do for him. It's never about me. It's always him and his kingdom. I praise him for provision, for protection, for the dreams and the visions which of late are probably why I'm not sleeping a whole lot and living out Joel 2:28 and um, wish I could share with you what he's been showing me maybe sometime in the future I praise him for his healing virtues which are still available to each and every one of us for his favor um, for being a new creation for living in these prophetic times yes it can be upsetting and distressing But we need to look at it through the lens of prophecy and eschatology. And we are definitely getting closer to the end. The signs are there. He's getting ready to return. Since we don't know when, we need to keep our eye on the sky and our eye on the job and do what we're called to do. So let's get ready. And to do that, we're going to pray. We're going to pray first for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Jerusalem has also gone through a change in leadership. Um, Pretty much the United States and Israel are on the same track. So we both need the the Lord's grace. We need his mercy and we need his favor and we need divine intervention. Because that's what I pray for America. Regardless of politics, regardless of all the other things, my eyes are on him and he is our only hope. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the the poor in spirit, the innocents, those that are victims of injustice, the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both human and animal. I pray for missing and exploited children. I pray against those that do it, the human traffickers, the sex traffickers. There are ministries out there that deal with this kind of stuff. There's one here locally. I want to see if I can get them to share their story for an episode of The Porch Light, but keep them in prayer. If you can support them, do. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, the growing religious persecution, the anti-Semitism. seems right now both Jew and Gentile, if you will, both Jew and believer are being persecuted. And in certain places, the messianic believers are being persecuted by the Jews that do not accept their faith. The boldness of the Antichrist and the kingdom of darkness is pretty obvious to me. It may not be to you. But I am praying, praying against it. I am warring with it. I'm also praying for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design. We can't serve Him if we're sick. We can't serve Him. If there's something wrong in mind, body, and spirit, so I pray right now in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, that you are healed in his name. Praying for divine protection, for inspiration, for the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up in the remnant and for us to answer the call. I do not believe the church at large is going to answer this end time call. So come on, Remnant, let's wake up. Let's inspire others. Let's bring others into the fold. Praying for blessings for The Porch, for Firefall, for SRT. We'd like to finish that documentary. Some other things we'd like to do to expose the enemy and to help set the captives free. So join us in prayer for that. If you can help us with that, that's great. Pray for the other ministries out there that are boots on the ground that need support just like we do. So I'm praying for the open conduits, the flow from the throne room of his provision to reach to those that are doing the job for him. And of course, we always pray for our lost family members. I've asked for prayer for the firefall on the porch, the changes we're making. I feel like you're answering them because the Lord's been speaking. And for the other things that we're working on in the kingdom of God. Have one other praise report and prayer request this week from Kim in Fort Mitchell. Um, She starts out by saying, I praise him for my salvation and my recovery. praise him for my children and the relationship that he, meaning the Lord, and I have. She says, I praise God for this community, and I feel free here. So she wants to share something that has um, knocked her off her feet, her words lately. If you remember weeks ago, she gave a praise report about her son, Maurice, who graduated high school and is going to college in August getting a scholarship to the school that he wanted to go to. Well, it turns out that the recruiter that she had hired misled her, and when they got to the school to register, it was only a partial scholarship and much more than she can possibly afford. So she is asking for prayer. She feels like she's been scammed, and if you do any research on college recruiters, this is pretty common. So we're praying for divine favor for God to show what he wants done and how he wants to fix it. If that's not the place, then he'll open another door that's a better door. And we pray that some form of justice be meted out to this man that did not do his job and took her money anyway. So, Lord, we're praying for favor in that regard, that you'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And she's asking for the porch community to agree with that prayer and uh, pray for her. So, Father, you knew these things would happen. These things happen in a fallen world. And sometimes, as I did last week, and now Kim talks about, we, we make mistakes. We make decisions that were not your best for us. So we're asking right now for you to fix our mistakes. We're asking for divine favor. From the throne room, from our Abba Father, Papa, please, please rain your blessings down upon us. Make things right. We love you. We praise you. We worship you as the great I am, the God above all gods. There is none like you. You loved us when we were unlovable and you continue to love us now. So we boldly approach your throne of grace and mercy saying, Abba Father, Papa God, Daddy, thank you. Thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for sending him to pay our debt so that we could be reconciled to you and have this relationship. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for the cross, for the empty tomb, for the upper room, for everything that you endured for us so that we can be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to teach us and to walk with us and encourage us so that we could do what you need us to do in a fallen world with an enemy that wants to destroy us. So, Lord, right now we pray for everything the enemy has stolen to be returned sevenfold. We pray your divine hedge of protection, your Psalm 91 covering over each and every one of us that are listening. We pray you'd give us revelation, Holy Spirit. Bring the word to mind. Open our eyes, our hearts, our spirits. We take our thoughts captive right now to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah, and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do as you will. Let the revelation flow. Let the inspiration happen And glorify the Lord in everything that we say and do. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. And if you agree with me, say amen. lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Yes, I'm speaking to you now. I'm not... Just reading the scripture, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's what we're going to focus on tonight. Verse 14, stand, therefore. So over the weeks we've been building up to this moment, we know the enemy We know the battleground on which we will fight that enemy. And now we need to pick up the armor and get ready for battle. Come on, remnant, take it up. Action in reaction to the threat. What is the threat? It's the works of evil in the evil day. And if you're not seeing it, you're not paying attention. The evil day is upon us. And it's just in the opening moments. And it's going to get much, much worse. I don't tell you that to cause fear. I tell you that to inspire you to action. 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Well, if we know that, then what should we do? Well, the answer to that is in 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Your brothers and sisters around the world, Those that believe in Messiah Yeshua are suffering. This is not our home. The God of this world does not like us. Therefore, we must be sober. We must be vigilant. We must be steadfast. That's that stand, therefore, being on guard for the attack. Because it will come. Anybody who tells you that it won't, Anybody who tells you that there is no warfare is misleading you, and they're tickling your ears. Again, the life of a believer is not pessimistic, fearful, or paranoid, but we've been warned over and over to be prepared, to be steadfast, to be vigilant, to confront and subdue evil when we see it and when we encounter it. We can't be ignorant, we can't stick our head in the sands, it doesn't do any good anyway. We need to be alert and aware. I've come to see the entire New Testament, especially from the book of Acts on, but even the, the Gospels as a call to action, as a wake-up call to the kingdom of God. Go with me to Second Corinthians 6, verses 4 through 10. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit. By sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown, as yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Right there, 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10. Paul lays out the life on the battlefield. Speaking the word of truth in the power of God. By the weapons of righteousness... For the right hand like holding the sword to attack and the left hand holding the shield to defend. Amid glory and dishonor by evil report, good report, branded as deceivers and yet vindicated as truthful. As unknown to the world yet well known by God and his people. As dying yet we live, as punished yet not killed. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet bestowing riches on many, as having nothing yet possessing all things. If that doesn't sum it all up, I don't know what does. Speaking the word of truth in a fallen world is dangerous. It takes courage, preparation, and protection. You see, it was easy for the church in Ephesus to grasp the imagery that Paul was giving them with the armor of God because their mythical heroes, their mythological heroes, were given armor by their gods. Satan always offers a counterfeit to deceive and distract. So Paul used their world against them. He showed them that God has his own armor. And then he encouraged them. You have to remember, I've I've talked about this before, Ephesus and Corinth were what I call two of the most paranormal cities of their day. A lot of occult activity, a lot of witchcraft, a lot of sorcery. So when these people got saved, they took to what we're talking about very easily, sometimes Too much so in their zeal. And there was a pushback and there was warfare. And that's why the first thing Paul says is having done all. Meaning if you're totally prepared, if you're prayed up, if you're studied, if you've done everything you know to do, stand. Stand. See, this to me implies that a soldier for the kingdom of God is to hold their ground, not flee, not surrender under pressure from the attack of the world or the kingdom of darkness. Being grounded in the Word and being rooted and grounded in your relationship with Him. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The resistance against the devil begins in your submission to God. You can't have one without the other. You can't resist them of your own accord and your own strength. You must be in submission to God. So the first articles we're going to talk about are the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. Now, let's not focus on the actual article itself, on the weapon itself, but let's focus on the spiritual meaning behind it, the spiritual implications of that piece of armor. Which means don't go start carrying a sword around just yet. I'm not kidding. I've seen people after they get saved and get all caught up in spiritual warfare, begin to carry a a sword with them to church or other places. And it looks a little ridiculous. The sword's inside of you. It's the word of God. Now, there may come a time in the future when the Nephilim are back and the human hybrids are back that that may become necessary. But right here and now in 2021, it's not. So the Roman soldier girded themselves with a belt from which hung strips, strips of leather that protected their lower body. And that belt we call is truth. Gird your waist with truth. And then either right afterwards or kind of, you uh, can do it simultaneously, you'd have to be really good. But You're wrapping the belt of truth around the armor, so I would think that the armor and the belt are pretty much back-to-back. Because it's the belt that holds the armor in place. But this aspect of truth, something as I've already said, is hated in the world. It's always been hated, but boy is it really hated now. In the teachings of Paul, truth is crucial to everything. Because being a believer, being a dishonest believer in Yeshua, gives you no hope against the father of lies. Truth involves integrity. A life of honesty and practical truthfulness. In the almost 33 years I've been saved, I've seen an incredible lack of that in what we call the church. Some people are still walking as they did in the world in his kingdom. So the breastplate of the Roman soldier went around the body, came over the shoulders, covered the front and the back, and then the belt went into place to hold them together together against you, otherwise they would fall off. And that breastplate was made of hard leather or metal, chain mail, and it was to protect the vital organs, both front and back. The belt of truth, girded, holding everything together, holding everything in place, truth, in doctrine in what you do, and in what you speak. Truth holds it all together, and without it, not only does your armor fall off or shift and leave you vulnerable, it causes everything else to fail. We're called in Philippians 4 to meditate and trust in thoughts that are from truth. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Truth is like a nutrient. The more of it you take in, the stronger you are, and the more of it is inside of you, and that also is like lies, deceit, or like sugar. Once they get into your spiritual body, they begin to corrupt you from the inside out. Truth is something that's always supposed to be a part of our life. It's supposed to be a part of the saints of God. Why? Because it's a part of his nature. You know, it's interesting, in June of 2021, that we still have to talk about this. That from the days of Ananias and Sapphira lying in the church to now, nothing seems to have changed. We're still fighting against the father of lies. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth, and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Isaiah sixty-five sixteen tells us he is the God of truth. So that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten. Because they are hidden from my eyes. Says the Lord. One of my pet peeves even before I got saved, was being lied to. And now, with the Holy Spirit inside of me, knowing Him as I do, even a simple word out of place may not exactly be a lie, but it's not completely the truth. It's the antithesis of who he is. Look at look at Matthew, chapter five, verses six and ten. Blessed and fortunate, and happy and spiritually prosperous, in that state in which the born again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation, are those who hunger, and thirst for righteousness, upright standing with God, for they shall completely be satisfied. Remember, righteousness and truth tie together. You cannot be truthful without being righteous. And you can't be righteous and be untruthful. That's why I believe they're the first two aspects of the armor of God. Then if you jump down to verse 10, you're going to find out that you're going to be persecuted for righteousness and truth, blessed and happy, and enviably fortunate and spiritually prosperous In the state in which the born-again child enjoys and finds satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless, regardless of his outward condition, are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for being and doing right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why would we be persecuted for truth and righteousness? Because it means we found salvation in Yeshua. And it means we are an enemy of the kingdom of darkness in the fallen world. John fourteen six, Yeshua says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why would that be? Well, if he's the way, the truth, and the life... And you don't get to the Father except through Him. It means, excuse me, that you've been born again. And the Holy Spirit is in you because of Yeshua. Why? Because John 16, 13 tells me that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. When I come across people that are prone to not tell the truth, won't call them liars, deceitful, withholding information, I realize the convicting presence of the Holy Spirit is nowhere near them. Because the Holy Spirit's presence of truth, the presence of the Holy Spirit abides in us forever. Second John. Chapter two, verse two, because the Spirit of truth which abides in us will be with us forever. Second John two. The truth which abides in us will be with us forever. What does that mean? Abide permanent presence of the Holy Spirit, truth inside of you. Are you wrestling with this? Are you wrestling with this concept? Are you wrestling with people that have no fruit of the Spirit in their life because truth is one of them? See, truth is the measurement for our behavior with one another. Not just with the world, but with each other. Ephesians 4.25 Put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. And in that category, it means do not grieve the spirit. The power, the person, and the potency of God's word living and written is truth. Psalm 43, 3 oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Psalm 119, verse 160, the entirety of your word is truth. For every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. But we're not only supposed to be truthful with each other, Get ready for the difficult one. We're supposed to be truthful with the world. Truth is the manner of our behavior, the behavior of believers that we're supposed to have in and with the world. Zechariah eight sixteen. These are the things you shall do. Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. Proverbs twelve seventeen. he who speaks truth declares righteousness, seeing they tie together, but a false witness, deceit. I, I, know, I think I said it last week, the week before, this tapestry of the word, how it all ties together, how all these different scriptures line up in this beautiful tapestry of his word to envelop us and protect us, to guide us and empower us. Because of his truth inside of us, because of our relationship with him through the spirit of truth, we can be convinced and unashamed of who we are. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, Richard, why is this so important? Why are you belaboring this topic? Because truth is warfare against the kingdom of darkness. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what separated me from Hasatan's prison. That's what separated me from the bondage of my lineage. That's what separated me from all my past behavior was recognizing that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and I wanted him. I wanted to follow him. I wanted to serve him. That's not what Satan does. Satan lies. He's a father of lies. He's been a father since the beginning. You are the, your father, the devil, Yeshua said to the Pharisees in John eight forty four, and the desires of your father you want to do, he was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of it. Satan, Satan, and the kingdom of darkness hate truth, because it is the opposite of their nature. It is their mortal enemy. It's what exposes them. It's what sets the captives free. It's what opens people's eyes. That's why being spirit-filled, Holy Spirit in you, the spirit of truth comes. He guides you into all truth because he doesn't speak. His own truth, he speaks the Lord's truth. He speaks what he hears the Lord say from the throne room. We know what the Lord does. He says what the Father says. And when you have that truth, you prove that you have the fruit of the Spirit in you. Ephesians 5, 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. There it is again. The two tie together. This is why you need to get into this Word. I, I, I think it's great that you come here on Wednesdays. I think it's great that you download them. I'm noticing that this, uh, the Bible studies are being downloaded more, especially on Podbean. I had one person tell me they had to download it because they gave them so much information. I kind of short-circuited their brain circuits, and they wanted to go over it again. That's just the way I teach. It's the way I learned it from Pastor Shelley. But if you will absorb this, if you will apply this, if you will stop nibbling on the word or taking a sip, but really drinking and feasting on the word, your life will change. The authority in your life will change. Your, your positional authority with Him will become stronger. That scripture will come to mind when the enemy shows up or something goes wrong in your life. See, I'm, I'm blessed and impressed that Kim realized that part of what went wrong, she took somebody's word for it. Somebody from the fallen world system. That's what happened to me last week. I got taken, but it was my fault. I didn't, I wasn't a little more diligent and I got caught in a bait and switch in an auto repair situation. I wound up spending more than I'd wanted to. And as my wife could tell you, the old me would have caused a major scene. I didn't do that. But I've gone before the Father and said, Lord, I made a mistake here. I was tired. I probably shouldn't even have gone. Little to no sleep. But I forced myself to do it because I said I would. I'd made the appointment. I couldn't talk myself out of it. And it was my own fault. The devil got me. But I can acknowledge that and I can repent and ask for favor because that's what Satan does. Why are we so shocked when Satan does what he does? That's his nature. And the people that serve him, Romans 1.25, what did they do? They exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. And even though Romans 1 was referring to then and now, it was actually referring back to Genesis 6 and the days of Noah when humanity chose the rule and the reign and the guidance of the fallen over Almighty God, and he let them have what they wanted until they cried out for mercy and help. But this truth holds everything together. Without it, you're not going to win, and you're not going to defeat the enemy, and you're not going to be righteous. And now that breastplate of righteousness means that once that was on, the soldier was in the first phase of being prepared for, for battle. Could have been bronze, could have been chainmail, covered the vital organs like the heart and other areas of the stomach and all these major organs that, if they got injured, would incapacitate them or kill them, but primarily the heart. You see, his righteousness is his armor. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You have to seek it. That's the amazing thing about these articles of the armor of God. You have to put them on. You have to choose them. But it's his righteousness that we seek. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God In him. Nobody makes you righteous. You don't. Your pastor doesn't. No work can do it. He did all the work. It's his righteousness you seek. Ours is but filthy rags. Psalm 23, verse 3 He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It is natural human behavior to be unrighteous. The uprightness of God, the character of God found in Yeshua through the Holy Spirit is not natural. It's supernatural. Remember I said that armor guards your heart, a vital organ. And it's funny, Is two weeks ago I, I, I saw this meme. And I saw all these people talking about mental health this and mental health that. And while I agree, mental health is important, but I also saw something behind the push. You notice everybody's talking about your mental health, but they're not talking about your heart. They're not talking about your relationship with God. And I do not think you can have mental health without heart health, without spiritual health. 20, Proverbs 4:23 keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Proverbs 23:7For as he thinks in his heart so is he. What caused God the Father, the, the, the Holy Spirit and the son what caused them to agree to destroy humanity and flood the earth? that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, Genesis 6, 5. Which ties us to Matthew fifteen eighteen and 19. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemy. According to the Bible, according to the Word of God, Genesis to Revelation, your heart is the center of your physical, mental, and spiritual life. Remember I mentioned Ananias and Sapphira. Acts 5.4 What did Peter say to them? When they deceived him on how much money they had received and were giving as a tithe. While it remained, was it not your own? Talking about the land. And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Larry and I were talking about this today while we prayed, and this thought, because he said to me, where do you think Ananias and Sapphira went at that moment? Well, I do not believe they went to Sheol, to the righteous dead who were waiting for Messiah. I believe they were in the outer darkness. They could not have lied like that if they were truly born again, if the Holy Spirit was in them. It's amazing to think of that moment, what that felt like for them. But they conceived it in the heart. If you remember from the C conference, we covered this. I cover this a lot. It's something I try to get people to understand. That your heart is a brain. It has thoughts. It's the seat of your soul. When you are born in the womb, Through God's divine design, as your body begins to grow, the first brain that helps that to happen is the heart. It helps develop and build the body. The mind is the second brain. It's developed afterward. It's not the primary source, and it's much weaker in its electrical charge. A heart EKG is 10 to a 1,000 times larger than the EEG of the brain. The heart electromagnetic field is 5,000 times more powerful and can radiate 6 feet from the body and be measured as a dis- at a distance. One of our new members of the community, Allison in Scotland, watched it and she wrote me she said that she had this light bulb moment I call it a light bulb moment. I don't think she called it that. But the revelation of COVID regulations keeping you six feet apart was keeping, was disconnecting people, was keeping you from connecting. The mass did that too. You couldn't interact, interact, you couldn't smile at somebody. Now think about what happened because of that disconnect. Depression. Suicide. See, there's so much more going on around you with spiritual supernatural implications that go beyond what you're seeing and hearing. That's why I don't understand believers that have so willingly, like sheeple, ba, ba, accepted everything told them and gone along with it to their own destruction. Those are the ones that I see the Antichrist will have no trouble with. We are called to love Him with all of our heart. Mark twelve thirty. Yeshua was answering the Sadducee about the greatest commandment and said, and "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength." This is the first commandment out of Deuteronomy six five. Now, what happens if you don't do that? What happens if the word doesn't get into your heart? What happens if it, if the love of him doesn't get into your heart? Matthew thirteen nineteen: when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Right now, wherever you're listening, whether you're listening to me at 749 on Wednesday evening or whenever you decide to listen to this, wherever, from whatever source, doesn't matter. If you were to stop right now and take stock of your heart, the thoughts and intents of your heart, what's going on inside of you right now? If it doesn't line up with the Word, if it convicts you, or makes you uncomfortable. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I call for healing. I call for the blood. I call for him to touch you in those areas and take away any hold that the enemy has upon you, whether it's fear, whether it's rejection, whether it's bondage, whatever it is, whatever is happening in your heart, the depression, the thoughts of harming yourself, whatever's going on inside of you right now, let your heart be filled with love. And knowledge of him. Because the issues of life. Found in the heart. Are really the heart of the matter. See this is why I believe. We have to shift here. It won't look good on camera. This is why I believe. The enemy's got everybody focusing on their mind. So he can manipulate their mind. He's a mesmerizer. He's a conjurer. He's a whisperer. It's harder for him to manipulate your heart. He's got to come at you intellectually. That's why most people that fall away, fall away because of knowledge, false teaching, gnosis. That's where the enemy attacks. God deals with your heart. Conviction happens in your heart. That's how he got me. The enemy already had my mind. Too smart for my own good when it came to those things. Jeremiah 17, starting with verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. So he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which which is not inhabited. And then verse 7, Blessed is the man, who trust in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. If we jump down to verse 9 and 10, Jeremiah goes on and says, and this is the Lord speaking, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give to everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Search the heart and test the minds, Lord. Search our heart, See if there's any unclean way. If there's anything in us that does not please you. Look at the connection. Heart and mind. Heart first, mind second. It's because the heart is the dwelling place of God through the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.22 he has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee ephesians 3:17 that messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love romans 5:5 5, 5, hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out into our hearts by the holy spirit who was given to us that's why this armor is so important That's why protecting your heart, that's why having his righteousness, that's why having the spirit of truth and knowing the truth and knowing the word is so vital. Now, each week when I work on these videos and I see what I say and how much we've stayed on this one topic, I've wondered. I've wondered who's become bored, who's begun to tune me out, who's begun to think, well, gee, Rich, I wish you'd get on to something else. If that's what you're doing, you're in the wrong spot. You're in the wrong place because I'm preparing you for what's coming. I'm showing you what the Lord is showing me. I'm doing exactly what he tells me to do. Because if you pay attention to what's going on in the news and social media and movies and television and all those things, the amount of lying and demonic deception is so overwhelming, people are missing it. You better know truth. That belt of truth better be in place and your heart better be righteous before him. Isaiah fifty nine sixteen and 17. He, being the Lord, saw that there was no man and wondered where, that there was no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate And a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. And was clad with zeal as a cloak. When I put on the armor of God, when I visualize it, I end it with the cloak of zeal. I want you to begin to change. I want you to begin to speak. I want you to begin to tell yourself these things. Change the way you think. Take your thoughts captive. To the obedience of Messiah. Maybe, maybe you're new at being a believer, and you have to do this. Maybe you have to go back to basics. I'm telling you, I had in index cards. Remember what those things were? Three, three by five little pieces of cardboard paper. I had them in the front of my Bible, and I would bring them out every morning, and I would read them out loud, and I would bind the fruit of the flesh. I'd loose the fruit of the spirit. And I had all these uh, scriptures and prayers that were like bullets in my spiritual gun. And I would visualize, I began to visualize the armor. I began to speak to myself, speaking to things not as they are, but as they should be speaking to my spirit man, getting the word inside of me, hearing, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, knowing that my righteousness doesn't come from me, doesn't come from my pastor, doesn't come from whatever organization I'm in, only comes from him. And it only comes when I'm walking in right relationship with him through the Holy Spirit, through being born again. You can't do this unless you're born again. You cannot do this if you, unless you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua at Nazareth, is Messiah, is the Son of the living God, to the glory of God the Father. You must believe that he was born to die for you. You must believe that he has paid for your sins and accept the Holy Spirit inside of you to walk with you, to teach you, to abide and encourage you. Paul said we don't preach ourselves, but we preach Messiah, Yeshua, the Lord. And that's what I'm doing. That we're bond servants. You're bond servants for Yeshua's sake. Because just as God commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus, the Messiah. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. Because we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in our body the dying of Adonai Yeshua, that the life of Yeshua may be manifested in our body because we are walking in his righteousness. We're walking in truth, not of the law, not of works, but of love and faith. So here we are. The first articles of the armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. I want you to begin to dwell on that. I want you to begin to meditate on that. Remember the other things. Where's our battlegrounds in the heavenly places? Who are we fighting with? Not flesh and blood, but the powers behind them. Powers and principalities and, and rulers of the darkness of this age. Spirit, spirit host of darkness in the in the uh, the heavenly place. If you don't know who they are, turn on the news. They're in politics. G7 had a bunch of them, representatives of those powers and principalities. Father, I come to you right now, and I ask you to open the eyes of your children, open the eyes of their enlightenment, those that want to know. Open their eyes, let them know. Speak into their spirit. Change them. Shine your glory down upon them. Stir this fire up inside of them. Give them a hunger for your word and a hunger for you and for your righteousness, Holy Spirit. Change them. Heal them. Deliver them. And make them ready and prepared to be used by you for the kingdom, for your glory. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm Richard Grunn. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.